Section 1 of David and His Friends This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Twyla Johnson David and His Friends A Series of Revival Sermons by Louis Albert Banks Section 1 Samuel or the Listening Soul Speak for thy servant heareth 1 Samuel 3 verse 10 The story of Samuel begins before he was born as the story of a river begins on the mountainside where the spring bursts forth from its rocky reservoir. The great snowdrifts on the mountain summit and the deep caverns in the depths of the hills are interesting chapters in the story of a river. So back of Samuel, with his open ear and his open heart, toward heaven are a good father and a pious mother, people who were faithful to God and who sought to do their duty. They did not lay up great wealth for Samuel, but they gave him the heritage of a good name. And above all things, they gave him the heritage of faith in God and of love for things good and pure. Hannah, the mother of Samuel, stands out as beautiful and noble in her womanly faith and in her purposeful life as any woman in all the bible in the loneliness of her life she had earnestly besought god to give her a child she was once praying for this before the altar in the temple and if you will read the first chapter of samuel you will find a very interesting paragraph describing that prayer and the conversation it brought about between Hannah and Eli the priest. The historian says of it, And it came to pass, as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli marked her mouth. Now Hannah, she spake in her heart. Only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she had been drunken, and Eli said unto her, How long wilt thou be drunken? Put away thy wine from thee. And Hannah answered and said, No, my lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Count not thine handmaid for a daughter of Belial, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. What a simple-hearted, wholesome speech out of a woman's heart! God answered this good woman's prayer, and in honor of that answer to her petition, when her son was born, she called him Samuel, which means heard of God. There is nothing more beautiful among the prayers that are recorded in the Bible than Hannah's prayer of thanksgiving 
pouring out her gratitude to God for his gift of Samuel. Listen to some of these sentences. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoiceth in the Lord. Mine horn is exalted in the Lord, because I rejoice in thy salvation. There is none holy as the Lord, for there is none beside thee, neither is there any rock like our God. The Lord maketh poor and maketh rich, he bringeth low and lifteth up. He raiseth up the poor out of the dust, and lifteth up the beggar from the dunghill, to set them among princes, and to make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and he hath set the world upon them. He will keep the feet of his saints, and the wicked shall be silent in darkness. For by strength shall no man prevail. Let every man who had a praying mother thank God. A home that is fragrant with the reading of the Bible and musical with the sound of family worship is something to be grateful for as long as one lives. Let no mother think she has lived in vain or despair of being a great blessing and comfort to her children. However poor or restricted or humble her circumstances may be, if through God's grace she is living a pure, wholesome life before them and is giving them a memory of a mother with a sweet, cheerful Christian faith, whose prayers ascended for them before the throne of mercy every day, better than gold better than all the world's luxuries is the inheritance given by a christian mother to her children hannah's religious faith and her sense of duty led her to dedicate her child to the special service of god in his temple and so samuel was brought as a little child and left with eli the priest in the tabernacle to grow up there as peculiarly the servant of God. And there Samuel remained through the years of his boyhood. And one night, as Samuel laid on his little bed, the Lord called, Samuel. And he answered, Here am I. The voice was so clear and distinct that the boy supposed Eli had called him. And he jumped out of bed and ran to the old priest's room and said, Here am I, for thou callest me. And Eli answered, I called not. Lie down again. And Samuel, wondering at this strange thing, no doubt, thought he had been dreaming as he went back to bed. The same experience occurred again after a little interval, with the same result. But when it took place the third time, it dawned upon Eli that God had a communication to make to Samuel. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be, if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel, no doubt trembling and excited, 
went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and called another time, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. Now we should make a great mistake if we were to put this interesting and beautiful story away from us with the feeling that it's all so strange and marvelous that it can have no real message for us. It has many very striking messages for us here and now. Let us earnestly study them. In the first place, it is a very interesting fact to note what is directly stated here that up to this time Samuel did not know the Lord. His father was a good man who came regularly to church to worship, and we have noted what a pure and saintly woman his mother was, and his own name even, heard of God, was a testimony to God's presence in the world. He lived in the temple and associated daily with the priest, and assisted in the services of the church. And yet personally, he did not know the Lord. I am sure there is here a message for some of you who hear me tonight. You too were born into a Christian home. You have been the object of a father's and mother's prayers. And probably since you were a little child, you have been accustomed to attend the Sunday school and the church. Of course, there was a sense in which Samuel did know the Lord. He knew what one could know about God in seeing others worship. But his own heart did not go out to God in prayer and love. And in that deep, inner, personal sense, he was without God. Is that not exactly your case? You have heard about Christ since you were a little child and you feel that you know a great deal about him, and yet in the truest sense you do not know him, there is no communication between you and your Savior. And as you bring the matter straight home to your heart tonight, you feel that you do not know the Lord, and that you are without God and without hope in the world. I want you to notice again that God called Samuel three times before he answered. Has not God called you again and again? And I appeal to you if your call has not been as real in all the essential matters, in making you understand and feel what it meant as it was when God spoke to Samuel at night in the old temple. Perhaps God has called you in some great sorrow, in the deep times of trouble, God has said to you, Cast your cares on me, and I will care for you. Come unto me with your weary heart and your burdened shoulders, and I will give you rest. You heard the call, and you understood it, but you did not answer. Perhaps God came to you at a time of some disgrace because of your sin, your conscience spoke as it had never spoken before, and you felt that your sin was ruining you and that your life was turned downward toward death and disaster. God called you then with clanging notes of alarm, and your heart said, I ought to kneel to God. 
I ought to seek the forgiveness of my sins. You knew it was God's call to you, but you did not answer. Perhaps it was a great joy that came, and the goodness and gentleness of God filled your heart with upspringing praise. With warm heart and tearful eyes you exclaimed, God is so good to me. I ought to yield him my heart. I ought to give him my open thanks. I ought to let the whole world know how good he is to me. It was God's call to you, but you did not answer. And now God comes to you again tonight in his word. And on this first night of the new year, I stand here humbly to be his messenger and to call you to come to God. Turn to Christ tonight. Open your ear at last to hear him. Open your lips that have been closed in ungrateful silence for so long a time, and say, Speak, thy servant heareth. I call your attention to the fact that God called Samuel by name. Samuel, Samuel, is the way the Lord talks to the boy. God spoke to Abraham in the same way. When the Lord Jesus met Saul on the way to Damascus, it was a personal message he brought him, and he cried out to him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? God knows us all by name. You are not lost in the crowd to him. Possibly I speak to one here this evening who is very lonely and heartbroken. It seems to you that you have no friends and that no one cares for your soul. I want to assure you that you are mistaken. God cares for you personally. He thinks about you individually, with infinite love, like a caress. He calls over your name as he sends some angel to stand in the path and turn you, if possible, from wrongdoing, or as he sends another angel to speak in the still, small voice in your heart tonight, to entreat you to hearken and hear his words, and give him your heart and love and service at the beginning of this new year. No one can tell how much it will mean if you will only listen to God and answer his call tonight. One of the greatest missionaries who ever worked among the Indians in this country was David Zeisberger. His forefathers were peasants, the followers of John Huss. He was a small, delicate lad, and something in his face attracted Count Zinzendorf, who helped him get an education and finally made him his secretary and intended to advance him to fortune. But during a visit to America, David became greatly impressed with the need that someone should preach the gospel to the savage Indians and was convinced that God wanted him to do it. David came on to Philadelphia to sail for Europe with Count Zinzendorf, not knowing what to do. On one side was Europe, with fame and fortune luring him, on the other hardship and suffering and poverty 
duty and the call of God. He went on board ship with the matter still undecided. The ship weighed anchor and started down the harbor. Bishop Nitchman, passing down the deck, saw the lad standing there pale and haggard, gazing at the fast receding shore. Zeisberger, he said, is it possible that you wish to return? Yes, but for what reason? That I may learn to know Christ and teach him to the Indians, said David, finding speech at last in his extremity. Then, if that be your mind, in God's name, even now, go back. The ship was brought to and the boy sent back. He at once went to the lodge of the great sachem of the Mohawks, and there lived and worked, that he might learn thoroughly the language and habits of the Indians. He was adopted into the tribe of the Ananadegas. Thus began the wonderful history of the work which extended over sixty-two years, and was so greatly blessed of God. It is quite possible that if some who hear me now, who are called of God through this word, would yield their hearts in response to God's call, it would be the beginning of a life equally as useful. Of one thing we may be sure, that only good can come from heeding and answering the call of God, and only evil can come from closing the ears to that call. There will be joy in heaven tonight, joy on earth and the beginning of noble careers, if everyone here who has not known the Lord shall follow Samuel's example and say with reverent faith, Speak, thy servant heareth. The End Section 1